CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Breaking news from the Chicago Reader. Coming January 19th is the newest podcast from the Reader. The sit down with Shawnee Dez. From visual arts and music to food and film. Host Shawnee Dez has engaging conversations with the individuals who embody community and help make this such a dynamic place to call home. With new episodes dropping twice a month, grab a seat and get ready to be inspired, uplifted, and to learn something new. The sit down with Shawnee Dez, only from the Chicago Reader. It's Tuesday, January the 16th, and your Ben Jarofsky show starts now. On today's show, Ben welcomes back a guest who always tells it like it is, 20th Ward Alderwoman, Jeanette Taylor. The Ben Jarofsky show, a presentation of the Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com for everything there is to know in the city of Chicago. If you want to know what to do, where to go, what to eat, what to drink, you want to read the new newsletter article that Benny just wrote about the Bulls? You need to head to chicagoreader.com because you can do all that. And if you want to find more Ben Jarofsky, you want bonus interviews, you want columns, just go to chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. That's J-O-R-A-V as in victory, S-K-Y. Hello again, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Trump in Iowa Tuesday, and here's why. You all know why. It happened so fast. I barely, I didn't even know the election was over. Last night, of course, was the Iowa caucus, the first round uh, in the presidential, the long 2024 slog to November. First round is the Iowa caucus. Republicans were really the on the, the main feature on that fight uh, because no one was running against Joe Biden, President Joe Biden. So uh, I, I don't think the polls were closed yet in Iowa. It was a caucus. I, I, it's, I looked up the TV set and they were interrupting the football game to say, you know, breaking news from Iowa. <laughs> Trump wins. It's like, God damn. I mean, I knew it was going to happen, but still just seeing it stunned me. You know, I mean, I could itemize all the uh, indictments against Trump, all the crimes that Trump has perpetrated. Uh, and uh, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. We all know it doesn't matter. MAGA's going with him. MAGA controls the Republican Party. The Republican Party's going with him. Uh, and he's going to rock and roll through these primaries and be the nominee while facing multiple indictments. Plus, his trial today, this is what's so surreal. In New York, his trial on, on damages in the uh, E. Jean Carroll uh, defamation case, that's the one where... Uh, E. Jean Carroll, a famous writer, claims that Trump raped her in the 1990s. Okay, uh, and uh, when she wrote about it in a in a in an article that I think was in a book, Trump denied it, made all kinds of uh, horrific comments about her. She sued him for defamation and won. The jury decided in her favor. So yeah, probably he did rape her. 
And so when he treated her the way he did uh, in denying uh, her allegations, which what a weird uh, denial it was. He did. He's like, she's not my type. As though if she were his type, he would have raped her. So this is the man that the Republican Party. So that 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 trial is starting today. The the damages part, where the jury decides how much they're going to award E. Jean Carroll. And Trump showed up for the opening of it just to be like everything is just uh you know a photo op for him because he knows it'll rile up MAGA. It's so twisted and weird. Any other person in the universe would have had their career ended. But this just propels them. We all know it. We've been dealing with this. This is the reality where we're at. So we're heading for that showdown in November, ladies and gentlemen. I'm a little nervous. I got to tell you, I'm a little nervous because MAGA is awake. They, they always are talking this, that, and the other thing about woke. MAGA is awake. They have fallen for this man. They are part of the cult, and they're not wavering. And nothing that happens will deter them in any way. Whereas every <laughs> Democrats, the Democrats like are so busy hating each other, they can't get it together. <laughs> you know, they're so busy hating. I have more Democrats tell me I'm not voting for Biden for whatever reason. Fill in the blanks. I'm not voting for Biden. Okay. Are you gonna vote for Trump? No, I'm not gonna vote for Trump, but I'm not voting for Biden. It's so weird and twisted. No matter what Donnie Trump does, MAGA loves him. No matter what Joe Biden does, Democrats don't like him. Can't figure this stuff out, ladies and gentlemen, but that is politics in America in 2024. All right, without further ado, I'm going to bring on my distinguished guest who's patiently waiting. I know she's got a lot to say about this and many other things. Dear friend of this show, Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor. Welcome back, Jeanette Taylor. Thank you, Ben. How are you? I'm exercised. I'm fired up. I'm upset. I'm disillusioned. Why? Your expectations is way too high for this country. You listen, this is about white men not being in power in this country. And they'll do whatever they can to make sure that they they feel like that they have some type of control. So I don't know why you're surprised. Well, help me with this part. Okay. And by the way, all you guys who are listening to this conversation wanted to know about my last conversation with Jeanette Taylor, just be patient. We're going to get to it, okay? Just calm down. Be patient. So help me understand something, Jeanette. I'm struggling okay. with this one. So I agree with what you say, the essence of what you said. But why are black people supporting this? I mean, I know it's just a minority. But still, it's like whenever I see a black person because on we're TV, fooled go. into thinking that Latino people are our enemy when we're actually really the same. They want a group of people that they control and they can have do their bidding or be their muscle. And so that's all Trump is going to make it where we're black in slavery. And I promise you, we 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 are carrying conceal home. You're going to get what you're looking for over here. This is, it's not enough to vote good people into office. You have to fight with them and for them and support them. And you correct them when they're wrong. And so nothing about the trumpets, the trumpets or whatever the hell y'all call them. It's about him being in control. This is not, this is not 1950. This is not the 1940s. This is not the civil war. They're going to get what they're looking for. 
honestly. Like you have people who hate the very existence of black people who've done nothing but build your country for free. The thought that you got migrants mad at other migrants says that their plan is working. And if you think jumping on Team Trump gonna help you act out, ask Kanye, ask Amarosa, ask Lil Wayne how that's worked out for him. It has not. Now, don't get me wrong. Democrats haven't been the greatest, but damn sure not Republicans. And Democrats are the way they are because you all help good people get in office, but you don't support them. You don't put a dime out. You're made to pick what evil you're going to go with. Either you're going to go with the unions or you're going to go with the business community. Either way, you're going to be told what to do because the people won't put their money in, won't put their money where their mouth is. And so, like, I'm, I'm just, I've had it. I've, I've had it up to here. I've said that before. And I got time today. <laughs> yeah, I, I got time today. Because it's freezing cold out. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not going anywhere. We all have the luxury, most of us, to work from home. Yes. Yeah, no, I remember. Yeah, this is all of this plan. Listen, mm-hmm. another person said this and said this well. We keep thinking that putting a good president in will make this country great. That's not who makes the rules. It's Congress. Get some of them fools up out of there and run for those seats. They're the people who are ultimately messing over the country, and they're doing it for their own benefit. They ain't doing it to benefit of either people, because the majority of the people who own public aid look more like you, Ben, than me. Let's call this what it is. And we're, we're dumb enough to, uh, they're using race, they're using class. We're using race. So we all playing checkers and not chess. And so when do we get to the place where we play chess and not checkers? This is not a, I'm against Latino people. This is not, I'm against white people. This is not me being against Asian people. I am for people deciding what they want their fates to be. Trump has decided that he's going to do exactly what he want to do. And the thought that any state would support them means a state that I will never spend my money in a state that I will never support, a state that I will... That's what we've got to start doing, making these folks pay for the decisions that they make. Uh, you went, I want to go back to something you said. Uh, the obsession that Democrats have with race or uh, tripping over race or the manipulation of people by race. And then... Go into that a little more. What exactly are you are you? So for the Trumps, it's about money. Yeah. They don't care what color you are. It's about how much money people make. With the Democrats, it's this versus this versus this, and it's setting us up to destroy this country. How is it zero degrees in January? We got all of these volcanoes. But remember, this is the same person that said there's no such thing as global warming. That right there is enough reason whatsoever for that person not to be in charge of this country. Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah. So help me out with this one. I agree with you 100% on our last point. And, and that's that's like, like the dealing with the dimensions of global warming when one party, half the country, says it doesn't exist means you will never come anywhere close to solving the problem of global warming. It means you're disillusional and about this is about power versus the people. That's exactly what this is. Listen, God is not pleased with us. Yeah. All those people who love to say they love God and they're Christian and their Christian values. 
get the hell up out of here when you're talking about mistreating people and keeping people homeless and keep people keeping your feet on folks' necks. Like you ain't Christian. No, you're not. You going to hell. Hope they got ice water. <laughs> well, it was uh one of the things that they pointed out uh in the uh in the aftermath of the Iowa caucus, uh Jeanette, was that uh this time around in Iowa, Donald Trump got a majority of the what they call the evangelical uh, vote, which are white people who are uh, claimed to be passionately Christian. All right. No, they're and not. No, they're not. What would Jesus do? I want they they love talking about their Christians. They love talking about they love the Lord. The Lord made us all in his image. So what am I, alien? Are you serious? No, that's BS. And we got to start calling the BS for what it is. You all are worried about somebody taking over control of a country that you all started on the backs of slavery. But then when we start talking about reparations, we're not going to do that. We don't owe you, but y'all owe everybody else. Black people built this country for free. And anybody who says different, I challenge you. Go look at the history books. Well, they're definitely rewriting the history books. Oh, uh, absolutely, and, because uh, I'm trying to figure out how the rapist gets to run the country. But we all, we're all in our feelings. We believe in people power. But a rapist who publicly said, grab him in the pussy. And let me just say for the record, if he grabs me anywhere, he ain't got to worry about that little orange toothpaste sitting on top of his head. <laughs> like they are just, this is about power. They know that man is 200% wrong. This man is in court. He ain't in court because we ain't got nothing else to do. But y'all going to pick them based on what? Asking Joe Biden to fix things that have been going on for decades and centuries. It's the same thing in Chicago. The expectation is the mayor is supposed to wave his magic wand and fix everything that's wrong. The people need to be at the table to make sure we get that right. And when we, we need to hold people accountable. It's not enough to get good people in office. you got to support them while they're in there. you got to put your money where your mouth is. You want people to move in your interest? Do do what the great governor did. Put your money where your mouth is. Uh, yeah, by the way, and uh, just to follow up on that point about the the rapist who's right now uh, in court, uh, as I was saying, as Jeanette uh, followed up with, uh, facing uh, the ramifications of uh, oh, raping uh, E. Jean Carroll. Evangelicals in Iowa voted for him overwhelmingly. I mean, it just, I'm like... I can't even get the words out. It don't matter how far we come yeah. as a race. White supremacy seems to always win. It's why people don't want to vote. It's why people don't want to be part of the conversation. It's why people just want out of politics altogether. I feel that same exact way, and I'm a politician. I hate the government that I'm paid to represent and to govern for the people. Because you don't listen. You actually don't listen to the people. You don't. This is why Bernie... Sanders was never going to stand a chance. This is why he won't get the nominee because they know exactly what he going to come do. Clean house. And we over here fighting over. Biden is one of the lesser evils. But which evil? Am I going to go with the devil I know or the devil that I don't know? I'm going to take the devil I know, Biden, for, for, for 200, Alex. Well, let's talk about that. I've had people come on this show uh, far left and go, I'm through, Ben, voting uh uh, lesser of the two evils. I'm not. If it's evil, I'm not voting for it. So that's it. I'm not voting for Biden because I don't believe in voting for the lesser of two evils. Because evil is evil. 
What's your response to that? Then who and put your money behind them? Because we have somebody. You and I are both, we, we think alike, and I'm a socialist, a black socialist at that, because I believe in the power of people deciding what the institutions in this country, how and why and what they serve. You had that. You didn't do it. It was too much to let people decide what they want. Y'all like the same old system, and this is why vote people, young people are kicking y'all ass. Thank you, young people, for changing the dynamics and the conversation. Look at this last election, all the young people vote. These young people don't show y'all what to do. And see, the difference between them, their generation and ours, they ain't scared of your dogs. They ain't scared <laughs> of your hoses. They ain't scared of nothing. I love it, every moment of it. Uh, so, all right, just to clarify, uh, Jeanette and I are not part of the same generation. That was very generous of her to put me in her generation. Uh, Jeanette's at least, at least 30 years younger than I am. Uh, now she does. I'm Gen She's Gen X. She stunned me when she knew some baby boomer songs and I fell off my chairs, but she is younger than me. Uh, but I share your belief on that. I absolutely share your belief. I make fun of millennials and Z's all day long, but. The reality is they do have a different attitude. They do. I believe every generation, I believe they're an improvement on almost every way. The politics of them, uh, the journalism of them, journalists of my era were terrible, Jeanette. I don't even want to go went down that road. I think whatever you think about journalists today in this city, Jeanette Taylor, I do believe the younger journalists are an improvement over the older journalists. So I think it's just a generational thing across the board like you were saying all right all right let's go local and talk about the last time you're on the show Jeanette and I've been thinking about this for a long time there's so many to me your last appearance on the show and the fallout over your last appearance on the show is like a um a parable about where we are uh in society in so many levels uh so I'm just going to do this little riff and then uh, Jeanette you weigh in so Jeanette Taylor's been coming on my show since I had a show, and I've known her forever. Uh, she was a citizen activist, parent, LSC member when I met her, uh, and uh, we've been having great conversations for over a decade. Um, so the last time she was on my show, uh, she dropped a few uh, what I call JTs, where she was speaking from her heart, and uh, we were recording, and I'm listening. Um, but I'm following the conversation, I'm going where the conversation goes uh, while I'm listening. And she dropped a few bombshells about uh, Brandon Johnson and the Johnson administration and that she was disappointed with the Johnson administration. And then she went on to drop a few more bombshells about the state of politics in Chicago and the way uh, the powers that be treat the black community in particular. Uh, and uh, it was in many ways. Um, it was not unlike a lot of other conversations we've had, Jeanette. Uh, so, but I knew, I go, oh, those things she said about the Johnson administration, that's going to have a life of its own. I just know because uh, Jeanette is from the same movement as Brandon Johnson, okay? Uh, Jeanette's been around, around a little longer than Brandon Johnson, but they're all part of basic same movement. Uh, a left of center neighborhood movement uh, that whose inspiration in many ways is the great Karen Lewis, uh, who's one of the greatest figures in Chicago history. She was. She absolutely was. So, um, but you know, Jeanette, I don't do publicity with this thing. I drop six shows a week at least, sometimes seven. 
So I got to move on to the next show when I do a show. So I'm like, will this get legs beyond uh, my regular audience? And lo and behold, took a while, but the MAGA people started spreading it. And then the Lori Lightfoot lovers started spreading it because it was Jeanette Taylor saying something critical of Brandon Johnson. So in the eyes of the MAGA crowd, that was newsworthy. It was like, see, Jeanette Taylor agrees with us. And then the Lori Lightfoot people were saying, see, Jeanette Taylor agrees with us. Now, the interesting thing is Jeanette Taylor also ripped MAGA and also had her differences, to put it mildly, with Lori Lightfoot. One time, Jeanette Taylor came on my show. I'm going to reveal this one, Jeanette, and said a few things about Lori Lightfoot. And the next time she saw Lori Lightfoot, I actually think you've said this on the mic, so I'm not really revealing anything. Lori Lightfoot, when she saw her, had a transcription of what Jeanette had said with the the part she didn't like underlined in yellow. Remember that? Highlighted. Yes, she did. Highlighted. Highlighted. Highlighted, my bad. Highlighted. Right. Like it was a high school student taking notes. You know how high school students, they highlight everything? I'm not sure how they think that's going to help them retain it, but whatever. Um, And so she's not afraid to speak her mind. It became news. Now, the interesting part, she's had a lot of other things she said on the show which didn't become news. So my daughter, my youngest daughter, God bless her, listened to the interview and took a snippet and dropped it on Instagram. I had nothing to do with that lady. That was all, talk about the younger generation, Jeanette. And this is, I think, was my younger daughter's favorite part of the interview, okay? This snippet, which has nothing to do with Brandon, which has not been promoted by MAGA or Lori Lightfoot's people, has gone viral from my world is last night okay so this is not uh, Beyonce viral this is Ben viral but still it's viral for my word last I looked it was over 28,000 downloads and uh or and Jeanette I know you dropped it so it's over 4,000 in yours so that's over 32,000 so it's interesting that this is the part that people responded to ordinary Chicagoans responded to but MAGA, Lori Life and Lovers, and the mainstream media just completely ignored. So, Chris, if you could, producer Chris, please play the snippet of Jeanette Taylor's uh, interview. Uh, This is the part that went viral. Go ahead. I don't want us to put people in tents. I don't. Not when I got 3,500 vacant lots in my ward. Why not take that money and develop some buildings? but not just for migrants, for Black Chicago as well. Black Chicago has been ignored, and they've had it up to here. They're tired, and rightfully so. Me and my people, we imports. This wasn't our choice. And so the imports have every right to be pissed and upset because we're always being told to wait. But this is not a us versus them. They printed money for COVID. Why they won't print it for this? I'll wait. Uh, I'll wait, yes. You'll wait a long time. Because you're never going to get an adequate response. You won't even get people, Jeanette, to pay attention to what you say. So it's news in their minds when you criticize Brandon Johnson's administration. But when you talk about how black Chicago has been ignored, when you talk about year after year of pushing black people out of the city of Chicago, of hitting black people against Hispanic people. It's crickets. It's crickets. 
that pretty much tells me everything I need to know about Chicago, the media, and the politics of this town. They do not, nor have they ever, given a damn about black people in the city of Chicago. Martin Luther came, came here in 1966, ladies and gentlemen, and they hit him in the head with a rock. And now they pretend like they love him. They had all these celebrations yesterday to celebrate him. Hit him in the head with a rock. That's what they did with Martin Luther King. I can't get over that, Jeanette, and I will never get over that. All right. So I learned a lot of lessons uh, from that, uh, what went down there, like what the media picks up on and uh, what people in this town pick up on and what they ignore. Uh, all right. And now I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Take it away. They ignore black people. They always have. They always will. Until we make a conscious decision to put our money together and say who and dare them not to, this is where we're going to be. So there's some responsibility on both sides, on all sides. There are. And this thing about um, the comments that were under you and I's post. Y'all are some of the most racist, self-hating people I ever met in my life. Y'all are sick, and it's why this generation hates us. It's why they go against everything we say and do, and they will not follow the lessons that, honestly, Harold Washington taught us. Y'all love quoting Harold Washington. Y'all love quoting Martin Luther King. Y'all the same people that killed him. Y'all the same people that killed them through stressing your ability not to work together. Both of them talked about equality, but I'm going to say something about Martin Luther King that y'all never really talk about. He was killed because he was starting to think like Malcolm. Malcolm say by any means necessary. He said an eye for eye. We continue to, let me just, I'll just put it this way. This country is responsible for Emmett Till and George Floyd. What's the difference? Time, because y'all still the the same racist, white supremacy, crazy ass folks that I've ever met in my life. And none of that changed. But the part that's most sickening is now you got self-hating black people. You got migrants. The thought that you got Chinese migrants beating up on the Latino migrants talking about you don't want them here. Y'all are some sick individuals. Y'all are really some sick, and it is something to be said about you migrating to this country, and now that you're mad that we're doing something to protect the people who are migrating to this country. Let's not forget the United States of America is the reason why they're here. Talk about all the BS. They don't just do BS to us in the United States. They do it all over the world, and it's why people are flocking. But you notice what the media missed about all these Chinese folks just coming into America. It wasn't this much fuss when it was the Ukrainians, but because they're Latinx, America is going around, this, listen, this is the same country that bombed Turkey and then threw turkeys out. Make it make sense. (laughs) Make it make sense. We continue to do the same racist stuff and wonder why we're in chaos. Y'all are creating a war only for them to sit back and watch make it make sense you can't make it make sense if it doesn't make sense but you also can't my mom used to say you can't make this shit up no you can't make it up uh and yeah my advice to you which you're free not to take is just ignore uh the uh, trollers 
No, see, that's the problem. We continue to ignore them. Listen, let me tell you something. No. And we're going to talk about this a little later. But as a black woman, I'm not protected in any space I'm in. Period. I don't care where I go. From the city council to the grocery store. I am not protected, period. And the problem is we keep letting people get away with what they say and do. Y'all ain't nothing but what we used to call back in the day the studio gangsters, but y'all social media gangsters. You will talk all that talk, but when it comes down to doing the hard work to fix things that are wrong, you all of a sudden, you busy. To all of y'all, shut the hell up. Unless you're going to do something about this country, hell is where you can go. And don't take ice water or a fan with you. For the record, the number of people who uh, love what you said outweighed, I just have to say this, the number of people who love what you said outweighed the number of people who uh, were critical by a margin of like 28,000 to one. So I'm just saying that. Uh, Janaya, because those people actually want to create real change. And those are the people that we want to be with. Those are the people you want to work with. But those people also got to know, listen, I love my kids. I'm at a time now where my kids are, well, you know, they're not teenagers anymore. My baby is 19. He's autistic. We're trying to figure out what to do with him when it comes to about what, what he wants to do with his life. We all got real problems, but we're taking the time out to deal with BS that doesn't have to be. And this is all because of who we elected in office. And let me just say this. I'm tired of people talking about I voted to give Latinos money. I, I put my life on the line for my community. I fight for my community every day. And I never discount me being a black woman. I knew who I am. But my decision to not step on the necks of people who need us the most, mm -hmm. and that makes me a sellout, go to hell. Y'all only mad because y'all ain't getting no Johnson contracts. Let's say what you're mad about. Let's call this what it is. You mad because your candidate ain't in office? I don't like what has happened in this administration, but I bet you I wouldn't vote for Paul Vallis if he was the last person on it. If it was between him and Trump, I would start walking to the Pacific or Atlantic Ocean, <laughs> whichever one is closer. Now take that for what it's worth. Uh, you got uh, people who've already proved to us that they don't care about us. You got people who already, already want to stay on top because that's what this is about. Like who is reign supreme? Damn show not y'all. And y'all prove it every day. Look through history. Mm. Look, do we still on the live? Christopher Columbus discovered America. I'm about to go discover a house then. So see, we just discovering shit and saying it's ours. I'm going to go discover a car. <laughs> I'm going to go discover a business that ain't mad. How about that? How about we all discover? Yeah. The thought we're still celebrating Thanksgiving when we know what actually happened to the pilgrims like stop it yeah. stop it we know what they did to the indians we know what it, it was a setup and let make no mistake black people don't celebrate thanksgiving we celebrate having a day off and being able to convene with our families that's what we celebrate but we can't have those conversations see we pick and choose what, what we want to talk about or what's important wow trump versus ballas what a choice uh, I'll be with you. I'll go into the Pacific side. I'm just going to Africa. I'm, I'm yeah. listen. I'm they're giving out dual citizenship over there. I already got it. I'm out. Uh, you said, you said the last time you're going to Ghana, and you, you were going to let me live in the guest house. Absolutely. The that, that's that. Listen, <laughs> it still stands. Uh, all right. Uh, so let's talk about the part of the conversation, and we're going to move on uh, to what uh, Jeanette just teased about um, black women. We're going to get into that. Uh, 
the Dorothy Tucker report. We'll take it a lot further. But uh, so do you have any second thoughts about the criticism you made of the Brandon Johnson administration? Absolutely not. I said what I said. We have to take the time out not to complain about it, but what we're going to do about it. Mm -hmm. And so everything I said, it's, it's, it's funny. To your point, the majority of the calls that I got was, I've been wanting to say that. We were all thinking it, but nobody said it. The differences between me and some of those folks is what you gonna do about it? Are we still gonna go back to organizing? Are we still gonna go back to knocking doors? Are we going to build our movement? Or are we gonna sit and say, it was enough to get the fifth floor and whatever happens, happens? I said what I said. I ain't changing. And I've had a conversation with loads of people because let me tell you something. There are people who don't live in my ward. There are people who don't live in my community who put their money where their mouth is, who donate to me every month, who call me for advice, who ask me for support. I am owed those folks an explanation to why what I said. And let's not act like the conversation, what I said out loud, were conversations that we weren't having behind closed doors. And so I don't get this, but what was even more heart throbbing to me, which is like a stab in the back is, for something that I helped build, I can't critique or have criticism for. If that's who y'all thought I was going to be, think again, because that's not who I am. Yeah, I uh, I hear what you're saying, and and I have to say this, uh, I, I'm I really don't like off the record conversations. Uh, the older I get, the more I uh, like them less and less, uh, and I'm certainly not going to use off the record conversations, or I'm really going to try not, I should have meant that, not to use uh, off the record conversations uh, in a story I write. So you'll see stories where they'll, uh, a reporter will quote somebody, won't name somebody. And Janet, I'm done with that. I'm, I'm like, if they don't have the guts to put their name on it, for they whatever don't. reason, they've, they, listen, they've lost the right the to the day, People yeah. want to get paid. That, that's what this about. It's, listen, it's about people keeping their jobs, that's why they stand in line. I listen. What I make right now is probably the money, most money I'll ever make in my life. And it ain't made me happier. It gave me more bills and more responsibilities. It's gotten me out of debt. But what and it says this in the Bible for all you Christian folks. It said, What a man to gain the world and lose his soul. And so I'm not gonna, I, I'm I'm not gonna not do what I said I was gonna do. I'm not going against my morals and principles for what? Remember, because according to the great Christians, we're all trying to get to heaven. We're getting to heaven lying to each other, not being honest with each other, not holding each other accountable, BS. Yeah. I call uh, bullshit. Uh, and so just what uh, many people uh, from the left have said to me, uh, what Jeanette said on the mic, and I pointed this out, and uh, Greg Pratt, wise I got to give him credit. He had a good wise crack. He said, "Well, Ben, Greg Pratt's a writer for a reporter for Chicago Tribune." He goes, "Ben, I'm a, Greg, I'm gonna try to give justice to what you said. I know I'm gonna screw it up." He goes, "Ben, uh, it, it's one thing if your wife tells you, you know, Ben, you could lose a few pounds, and it's another thing if she goes on a podcast and says my husband needs to lose weight." Uh, and so you did, in other words, what uh, many people. You went public with stuff that people were saying behind the scenes. I'm going to give Brandon Johnson credit for this. Since you said that, I'm not saying there's a correlation, but since you said it, his administration finally got around to hiring someone to run the housing department. Okay. And <laughs> okay, the bar is low, Jeanette, but we're supposedly facing a housing crisis. 
we went almost a, a full calendar year without a head of the housing, you know, department. Now he hired someone. So, uh, you're so bad. The bar's low. I'm gonna give him credit. At least he hired someone for that. I will uh, say this. Go. He honestly doesn't disagree with that. What I said. I'm pretty sure when he took this seat, the thought process for him and a lot of us is this will be the time that the administration can work with the movement, the business community, the school community can work with everybody to do the work to change these systems of oppression. And right now, that's not what's happening. I'm going to complain all day long, but I bet you I roll up my sleeves every morning. I hit the floor. And when my feet hit the floor, I say what I used to say about CPS every day. Today is a, a new opportunity for us to do something different. I have not changed that mindset just because I critiqued, criticized the movement that I'm a part of, that I have built, doesn't mean I don't do the work. Yeah. I'm going to do the work, but everybody needs to play their part. So did uh, Mayor Johnson reach out to you? I reached out to him. After you were, after the. Absolutely, I did. I wanted to have the conversation with him because like I said, I wanted to him to hear directly from me and I wanted him to know, don't assume that I'm a part of conversations. Don't assume that I'm in the rooms because I haven't been. I've been cut out of a lot of things because of what I said. And I'm I'm not going to do that because what I will say is this and people ain't going to like what I'm about to say. Oh, well. They couldn't get nothing done the last four years without me. Lori might couldn't stand me, but she didn't challenge me. She was willing to work with me. She talked with me. And so the things that we've got done and got to this far, you wouldn't have them without your token black girl. Because that's exactly what I feel like. Y'all token black girl, I was good enough when y'all had no say to. Now you feel like you got a little power. It's, let's cut out the black girl. Not on my watch. Did you have a productive conversation with him? Absolutely. I came out of there feeling a lot better. I came out being more understanding to his position because one of my colleagues um, who just got here made the quote that I'm talking about a position that I don't know I ain't had to run. Sir, you just got here to the movement. I've been here. Have a seat. Let me show you how you do this. And so you got to give credit as credit's due. He ain't been in office a year. I give him credit for that. But use your tools. Don't do what the last administration did. Lori's biggest mistake is she did not lean on the people that she had as her coworkers. Her biggest mistake, don't do what she's doing. Don't even start it off that way. Yes, you got to make hard decisions. And I'm going to say this for all the folks who are listening. Put yourself in that seat. What decision would you have made when it comes to the migrant situation? And let's not forget, where was all this energy when the lady who told the governor of Texas to kiss her ass and then he starts showing us how to kiss his ass and starts sending people up there and they just start setting up camps and shelters and buildings and didn't have conversations with people. Where's that conversation? Because he didn't start it. He's had to make a hard decision to fix it. And while I don't always agree with his decision, I respect him even making one and trying to make it with his coworkers. Where's that conversation? She started and nobody said a word. Well, that's because uh, when she counterpunched, it just sort of fit where we're at, uh, politically speaking. Whereas, uh, I mean, so much of this is just a bluster. I call bullshit. Yeah. Want to know why? Because the Black Caucus has 19, 20 members. 
So 20 voting members, all we needed was six more people. And yeah, and of course, they did the bare minimum and sided and did stupid stuff to protect their own silly ass selves. Yeah. I call bullshit. Yeah. And, and I'll repeat what I say every time, even though I know uh, it's being ignored. I do not view this as a crisis. I do not view it's what, 20,000? That's nothing. We lost how many thousands of people? Over the last 20 years mm. in Chicago, there's so much vacant land in the city of Chicago. That Absolutely. was that riff that Jeanette went on the last show. It's I don't even believe it's a crisis. And they had Rob Emanuel trotted back into town to weigh in on this and that. Why anybody listens to this guy? Do you talking about the man who put on his, his Mr. Rogers sweater to say he was sorry after yes. Laquan McDonald? Go to hell. Yes. No, that was before Laquan McDonald. He put the sweater on while concealing the tape of the murder. Oh, Let's absolutely. That. Remember that. Listen, put on this sweater and gold. I'm so sorry for not yeah. listening to you. Like, we got to, listen, it ain't enough to throw Harold Washington's name around. You got to learn the lesson. And he said a rainbow coalition is what, what will keep the people in power to take care of everybody. Yeah. Common sense. The yeah. man wasn't complicated. Uh, no, and so when Rob, Rob was like, oh, yeah, we dealt with this migrant stuff. We could do it. He would. I was oh, laughing I because he was moving he heaven and earth to pay Amazon to move. I forget how many thousands of people here. And we're just going to cost us $2 billion. Everybody had to be aboard that project. But when I it comes to, to say, wasn't this the same mayor that helped move the people out of Inglewood where we lost 4,000 families? I'll wait. I digress. We shouldn't be asking for anything. We we could uh, tell him to go over to Japan and do whatever the hell he's doing he's over supposed there. supposed to be the ambassador to Japan. Yeah, tell All him to right. go over there and figure that shit out. All right. So, uh, well, I'm glad uh, you had a conversation with uh, Mayor Johnson. And um, I'm glad Mayor Johnson hired a housing commissioner. Uh, and so let's have a good 2024. He has a good commissioner around DPD and his deputy mayor economics. I'm excited about the people he's put in those positions. I think they're very smart. They are right at work. I literally just got off a call with them today. Like they are doing the work to make sure that the community's um, needs are being met and not just the business community and what people want to set up shopping communities now that they didn't feel was sexy or economically smart before. So we got some work to do. He's made some really good decisions around staff. He has some more decisions to make. So let's see if uh, the Paul Vallis crew uh, quotes uh, sends that quote out. Uh, oh, they're not going to send out nothing. They just want some. Yeah. Listen, Paul Vallis people just want some contract money. Give them some contract money. You won't hear a sound from them. <laughs> they won't be at one city council meeting. They won't help organize. They won't do nothing. I said what I said. Yeah. Uh, it, that's what Del Marie Cobb uh, always says. If you just give I Anthony Beal. I promise you. But <laughs> yeah. I don't know how she's done it. Shout out to Del Marie Collins. I don't know how you've done it this long, sister. Yeah, but she's I one of those I promise you, I don't envy you, and that's why I got respect and love for her. I don't care what she do. I don't care what candidate she run. I love that woman because she speaks the truth, and she was saying the way before it was Jeanette Taylor, her and a lot of other women. Yeah. I digress. All right. Uh, anyway, she always says, give Anthony Beal a, a committee chairman. You'll never hear another complaint about him. Give, make him a chairman of something at the city council. I give Raylo one, too. saying, listen to me. You propose that? Absolutely. Wow. Won't know why. Why? Because he's going to do it the way it's supposed to be done. He see that we, we, we so busy looking for him to mess it up. But remember, for the second time, Anthony Bill has been what? The black sheep of the family. He is the one that told us last time we needed our own corporate council. 
nobody listened to them. And we're still at that space. Tell me now, don't get me wrong. Anthony Bilden been there a while. He done made some decisions I don't like. And politically, I don't agree with him on a lot of things. But you're talking about people who, who've been down there before. And if you got a chair doing what it's supposed to do, especially with zoning, because zoning is tricky. Zoning is very tricky. And to be honest, it's, it's a headache because y'all play games about what we should and should not have in our community. And that's the problem. The people should be deciding that, not the zoning committee. Half of these people ain't never been in my community, but you making decisions about what should and should not be there, that ain't your place. But that's a bigger, longer conversation. Uh, yeah, and just I'll close. I'll make the transition by just saying, uh, if we're uh, talking about Harold Washington, uh, he reached out to uh, all the players in the city council, not just his allies. Tim Evans did not support Harold first time around. Look it up, ladies and gentlemen. He supported Jane Byrne. Wilson Frost uh, did not support Harold. Uh, maybe Wilson actually did was quiet. He may have stayed out of that one. But uh, Harold Washington figured, well, they're all going to support me now, <laughs> uh, which is uh, Del Marie's uh, point of view about Anthony Beal. All right, let's move on to something uh, that was uh, very upsetting. And uh, uh, so uh, the great Dorothy Tucker, legendary Chicago 2, uh, Channel 2, excuse me, uh, a correspondent uh, did a, uh, a story on uh, recently uh, a series about crime against black women in Chicago. It's essentially like a war on black women in the city of Chicago. And she pointed out she had all the statistics to back her up. Uh, roughly, I think I'm doing this off the top of my head. 16 percent of the city is uh, black women. And yet I think they're the victims in uh, what is it like 26, 28 percent of the, the serious crimes. Uh, and um, it's a horrific tale. And nobody seems to be paying any attention to to it. And I'm going to reach out to Dorothy and bring her on the show and take a deeper dive on it. Uh, but Jeanette, when I was listening to that, that's a serious ramification of kind of like a theme that's been playing out in my mind for a while. Uh, the city's sort of low regard for black women. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, so why don't you... It ain't uh, just the city, this country's regard to black women. We ain't good enough to be in charge, but we good enough to clean up people's shit. And black women have done it historically. I'm not safe in any of the spaces I go to. People don't take up for me. And it's this thing of calling me the angry black woman. That is a defense mechanism. I wouldn't be this way if I was protected. That's simple. Think about the number of black women that are missing. Because it's so many, they added Latino women to white women in the national um, study. Go, go and look at it. There is a disregard for missing black women and girls. There is. There, there, there's never an Amber Alert or we, we ran away. We didn't want to be bothered with our families. No, there is a system that is killing us more than high blood pressure, more than birth, more than anything. And it's, it, it, it's me. <laughs> Like the majority of the women that get killed about who? Men. And a lot of times it's sad to say they look like us, but we ain't ready to have that conversation. Black women are not protected. Why? Black women are not protected. Why do you think that is? I mean, I protect black women, so I don't know. You should ask them. They don't protect us because we got too much mouth. We too sassy. We're everything that other women want to be. We're the mold, and they're always trying to break the mold. Like this, this is a hard conversation to have. 
because I live it every day. So when I speak the truth versus my black counterparts, people threaten me telling me they're gonna come to my house. They spray painted against my walls. They called my office threatening me and my staff. And it's uh it's not just uh older woman Jeanette Taylor. I mean, I'm thinking of all the black women, and I'm talking and I'm not even going where the Dorothy Tucker's report went. Dorothy's Tucker's report was not uh well, she did interview Kim Fox at length about something that Kim Fox went through when Kim Fox was younger. But we're not talking about sort of like the political war against powerful black women. Uh, like no. what's going on with Fonnie Willis down in uh, at Atlanta or with the judge in the Trump case or with any. Stacey uh, Abrams. Stacey. Think about all of these black women. But the one that I that's sick to me more than anything that we see and we did nothing about was Kim Fox. So she excused herself from a case because she had the relationship. She did the right thing. And y'all bullied this woman so much. She's not going to run again. Really? Where was the same energy for Anita Alvarez? Where was the same energy? Like, stop it, stop it. There is a system that hates black women. And the most hurting part about it is you see it play out on social media. You see it play out everywhere. So that's why you were saying earlier uh, that it's, you, sh you can't just walk away from the trolls. Absolutely, I cannot. I can't allow y'all. Kamala Harris worked to get where she is. And while she ain't a perfect candidate, she is the vice president of the United States. And look at all the disrespect she gets. But you got a rapist y'all want to be president. I digress. No, listen, I mean, that one is the one that it just always amazes me. And I, and I, I have so many people come to this show uh, Jeanette, and they critic they just instinctively criticize Kamala Harris. And I'm like, what do you got against Kamala Harris? I she a black woman. That's what they got against her. She is a black woman. And to everybody in this world, black women are the sticky shit at the bottom of y'all's shoe. But it's funny, we're always fixing your shit. We're always coming to rescue. We like the superheroes without the without the title. We're always made to fix it. Ain't no secret why they're hiring black women in City Hall, because it needs to be fixed. Ain't no, ain't no reason why it ain't listen, Congress ain't never had this many women in it. We never had this many black colored women in these spaces because they know, hey, we're gonna call a spade a spade, and we're gonna do the work to fix it. No, I, I could go down the list in my lifetime. It's of any time a black woman reaches uh, a pinnacle of power, has power, people turn on her. I, I, I mentioned Karen Lewis. It's so funny. And then people have amnesia. So Oh, they do. I'm going to give you one that you probably wouldn't even think of. Barbara Eason Watkins. Third in charge at CPS was a real educator. She was the first black woman principal of Mollison Elementary School. She's still a mentor of mine. She's a chancellor at another city, doing excellent work in Indiana. We lost her in Chicago. Why? Because she was a black woman who wouldn't go along to get along. I could talk about the other black woman they put along there, but I, I won't. 
but yeah. she was not a get along to go along. Yeah. She knew what black children and children of color needed in this school system. And y'all did everything y'all could, overlooked her, John Clark Bazaar, then Bob Bird Bennett, all went to jail. CEO ain't done not one thing they were supposed to do with these school systems, but the same old, same old. And the one person who would have got it right, y'all forced out the system. I'll wait. <laughs> Call me a liar if you want to. Uh, but just for the record, uh, Barbara Bird Bennett went to jail. Broussard did not go to jail. He, I don't know what he did wrong. Barbara I, Bird Bennett wasn't even from Chicago, nor was John Claude Bazaar. So miss correct. me with that. Yeah. We keep bringing in outsiders, and we wonder why we got the chaos. Because it takes them years to learn a system that they didn't have to create, and then they just go along to get along and won't break the system. Well, I'll go one step further. The mayor who hired both of those two people he wasn't from Chicago either. His name was Rahm Emanuel. Barack Obama, Michelle Obama kicked him out of the White House. And they shut him in Chicago. Lori wasn't from Chicago either. No, don't forget her. Okay, but at least Lori lived here for how many years? Rahm didn't even live here. He he shouldn't have been allowed on the ballot, Jeanette Taylor. He was he didn't even live in Chicago. You know, took, I didn't vote for him. I you know, I scratched his name out of Royal Hair Washington, so. You that and I never voted for him ever. Wait, time out. You you uh when did you voted for Harold? You wrote in Harold Washington. I wrote every time. Every time there is a mayor that I don't like or that I don't understand or that I can't go along with, I write in Harold Washington. So imagine how many times that has happened. <laughs> Plenty of times. Wait, are you you're not even old enough to have voted for Harold Washington? Absolutely. I had I had the displeasure of watching his funeral at school on TV because yeah. this system killed him. Yeah. No, I uh, uh, I uh, just wanted to tell people that I had a conversation with former alderwoman uh, Helen Schiller and Jackie Grimshaw. It dropped the other day. We're talking about Harold. We were uh, three old people <laughs> reminiscing about the greatest mayor, why oh, he's oh, that's mayor. that wisdom we need. That's the yeah. reason why we keep doing stupid stuff because we don't learn the lessons, we won't sit at the feet of our elder, yeah. which is why I always agree to come to your show and talk to you. And we have conversations because A, I'm gonna learn something, and B, I'm gonna tweak what the what we didn't get right the first time. Yeah. That's how we get out of this mess. So it ain't young versus old, it's all of us together, and that's the problem. Just imagine if if the boom was got with Gen Z and the millennials. You know what type of system we would have? A system you couldn't do nothing with even if you wanted to. Because when the boomers would say, this is what we need, Gen Z and the millennials saying, if you don't do it, you're going to have to deal with us. It's real simple. This ain't hard. Uh, anyway, That's I, why they keep us fighting against each other. Well, right now, there's the, uh, the national fight between uh, Blacks and Hispanics, and I have this in quotes because it's uh, a fight that's been engineered by Donald Trump. But on the local level, and this is the point that we've made many times, this fight goes back to after Harold died. And Mayor Daley set up a political organization, the HDO, which is intended to pit Blacks against Hispanics. Mm -hmm. And everybody in Chicago has followed. Yeah, we just... keep following for the okie doke. Yes. But that's because, let's be honest, a lot of times in those coalitions, and I'm about to get some hate for this, but join the club. We got jackets. That's because after sometimes our Latino folks get what they need, the fight is over for them. They never worry about what we need. And so we got some real conversations to have about that because we're supposed to, and I saw it in educational justice a lot 
I've lived it. So don't tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. But they ain't our enemy. We are fighting for the same things. We got to learn if it's no picking us off. And that's what they do. They basically figure out, okay, which group ain't being unreasonable. Okay, this time the blacks ain't being unreasonable. Let's get them the deal and the coalition disbands or vice versa. So it ain't one or the other. It's and and both. We got to stop. We got to stop with their rhetoric. That is white supremacy. That is oppression. That That is trauma bonding. That's what this is. You know, I remember uh, a conversation I had with former Alderman Danny Solis right after he got named uh, Alderman by uh, Mayor Daley back in the 90s. Uh, and he he showed where he was coming from. Maybe it was right. But it was around the time he got named. But he was like, I'm so sick and tired of hearing black people talk about 400 years of slavery. It's time to get over that. And I was like, wow, you have really bought into this. You know he what I'm saying? The Kool-Aid. He drank <laughs> How's that Kool-Aid tasting now? Because <laughs> the only reason why you ain't going to jail because you started in Burke. But I digress. That's another conversation. Yeah, it is a whole other conversation. I still insist that you put a statue up to Danny Solis. The man did more to clean up City Hall than anyone else. He wore the wire. And instead, the city council gives Ed Burke a standing ovation. Who? The city council. Who? Your your colleagues in the city council. Okay, make that clear. Because you didn't listen. Why my ill will toward Ed Burke was before I got a city council. The man never said two words to me, never said anything to me, never agreed with me, never disagreed. He didn't even look. I didn't exist in his world. So, well, look, I wasn't planning to discuss this, but I want to hear this. I need an explanation. Why is it that alders, yourself excluded, have this reverence for Ed Burke? I have never understood this, Jeanette Taylor. And they say things to me like, well, Benny, you don't understand. I got to the city council and he, he like showed me where the copy machine was. I'm like, you could have found the copy because machine without what? Ed Burke. <laughs> so I'm going to give you one of the secrets to the city council that once you're a city council member, you are always a city council member. And normally we don't go against each other. Now, behind closed doors, we will cuss each other out. We will go off on each other. We don't really do that in public. And so when y'all see us on the city council floor, that's actually a whole production as far as I'm concerned. But if they ever turn the camera on my face and you see my face, it's like, oh, here we go again. (laughs) The next episode of city council, fake and phony wannabes. Like, there is nothing good to say about Ed Burke. Ed Burke did the bare minimum for the Black community. He used folks. He was who he is. And just because he got a Black adopted son don't make me think he got no more love for my community than he does. But you didn't see me standing up. You didn't see me doing any of that. Good. I'm happy to hear that. Uh, because I was that was a shameful moment for, for the city council. To me, that was a more shameful moment the city council and all those aldermen who've gone to jail for petty corruption. Standing up for Ed Burke. And by the way, Ed Burke could have been a hero, Jeanette. Back in 1983, he could have supported Harold Washington. He could have been a hero. But like for Doliak and Mel and all the rest of them, that's they because they out. were worried about their power. Their power, listen, anytime a black person is in power, it threatens their power, or at least in their minds. I want everybody's children to eat. I want everybody's parents who can work to work. I want us all to have what we want. 
This ain't no me versus them. That ain't how it works. That ain't how I operate. That ain't how true Christians operate. What would Jesus do? It's their favorite quote. Yeah. What would Jesus, Jesus wouldn't do? do the crap y'all doing? Would Jesus stand to give Ed Burke an ovation? I don't think so. <laughs> and I don't think he'd vote for Donald Trump in Iowa either. Uh, so we're going to close the show where we get it. Listen, yeah. why do you think we having all this global warming? God is not pleased with us. Mm. Oh, Jesus. All right, Jeanette, thank you very much. Uh, once again, another great conversation. I'm going to, every month, I reach out to Jeanette Taylor. Come on back, Jeanette. And uh, she's never said no to me. Uh, so I'll put that I, out I won't, there. but you got to give me a break. I got <laughs> What was that? No, the conversation, listen, none of these systems would be able to broken if we don't understand them. And what I will say on the end as a serious note, there are a lot of things I assume when I was on the organizing side, when I was on the activist side, I assume now that I'm inside, I actually know how a lot of these systems work and these systems need need to be broke and rebuilt. Wow. I can't believe that's like the closing line because that could be a whole show in itself. So I'm writing that down. These systems need to be rebuilt, and we'll pick it up from there the next time. Uh, Jeanette, stay warm, stay safe. Uh, and I'll, I'm going to turn the heat soon. back on. Yeah, turn the heat. I'm gonna, <laughs> it's actually getting cold in here now. It didn't take long. It takes like about 20 minutes, and then it gets cold in this room. So, Jeanette, take care. Stay safe. I'll talk to you real soon, all right? All right. Thanks, man. All right. You're welcome. That's great. Jeanette Taylor, Alderman of the 20th Ward dear friend of this show, dear friend of mine. also want to thank producer Chris. He does an outstanding job. Hey, producer Chris, give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Peace and love, Jeanette. And you can always stay updated on what Ben Jarofsky's doing. You can check out bonus interviews and columns from Ben Jarofsky. You can check out shows that you might have missed all at chicagoreader.com. You can follow Ben on Instagram. That's easy. At Benny J Show. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow The Ben Jarofsky Show on your favorite streaming and podcasting platforms.